Hello everyone, my name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here at HDBB. Today, on the eve of Valentine's Day, why not take a moment to look at love and the way of love? We are going to be exploring the different definition of love from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and how it looks like in action. Before we read that, I just want to highlight two postures to embrace when we are looking at the way of love. Number one, the posture of receiving. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love because He first loved us. The ability for us to love is because God first loved us. God is our source of love. The secret source in loving people well is first receiving God's love for us. Secondly, the posture of giving. John 15 says, Love each other as I have loved you. This is the words of Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Loving one another is an act of giving. It's denying ourselves and preferring the other person. And God models this in John 3.16 when He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Out of love, He gave and it was a sacrifice. So the posture of giving. Okay, so God loves us and we are to love others too. So how and what does loving others look like? Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 together. It says, And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. My main point for today's talk is this. Choose the way of love. Choose the way of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We ask, Lord, would you teach us how to love well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow, a day that invokes a lot of different emotions for different people. For me, there's a small sour memory in my heart whenever I think of Valentine's Day. The first time I ever had the courage to ask a girl out was for Valentine's Day. And it didn't go so well. I remember about 10 years ago, I was prepping myself to ask this person. I was really nervous. So I decided, okay, I'm going to write down the words that I'm going to say on a flashcard so that when I reach her, I can just read out from the flashcard. So the day finally arrived, I tricked her into meeting me in front of church. And then I walked up to her and my heart was beating so fast that all I could say was, uh, and she said like, uh, are you okay? To which I respond, uh. now 
I look like an ostrich having a seizure. She started chuckling and I panicked. And then I accidentally screamed at her saying, I want to take you out. And while I did that, I flung the cards over to her and screamed, read it and let me know what you think. And then I ran as fast as I could. That was probably the last time I saw her. <laughs> now, expressing emotions around love has often been something I struggle with. It can be difficult when you come into a faith of community whose core belief hinges on love. Jesus said in Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. But how do you even love when you can't even articulate it? I wonder if you are something like me. You find it difficult to articulate feeling or love for someone and one another in an understandable way. What do you do? How do you thrive in a Christian community? Well, the good news is that the love that we read in 1 Corinthians 13 is love in action. It's not passive. It's active. It's a verb. I'm going to divide the passage you read earlier into three parts. What is love? What is not love? And what love always do. First one, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. When I think of this, I'm reminded of the time when I first got my first job after graduation. I was working with a youth team in Alpha Malaysia and the first project that was given to me was to come up with a list of icebreaker games for youth groups who are running Alpha. I felt like I was born for this. So I prepared it almost immediately and I emailed it to my boss who was sitting right opposite of me. So I was waiting for a reaction and hoping she would go something like, wow, this is outstanding. I'm giving you a raise. Bear in mind, this was like my first week at work. And then I heard the printer printing something to which my boss then walked over, brought that paper to me, sat down next to me and patiently took her time to explain my 20 or so errors in like font sizes, spacing, grammar, and suggested how I could take the quality of the document to the next level. So in wanting to prove myself, I worked on it quickly, sent it back to her. Few seconds later, I heard the printer printing. And then she stood up, collected the paper, sat down next to me, and pointed out the feedback which she had given me that I missed out from working on it earlier. I felt so disappointed with myself. So I quickly worked on it again, sent it back to her. A few seconds later, the printer was moving. She walked over, picked up the printing, sat next to me and kindly complimented on the improvement I've made and patiently showed me the errors which I've missed out again. After she left, I was so moved by her kindness and patience with my mistakes that this time I made sure I triple-checked my work before sending it to her again. A few seconds later, the printer was printing again. <sighs> but thank God it was someone else's printing. My boss looked at me from across the table and said, well done. Now, in reflection, if I was in a shoe, I would probably be upset by the second round of feedback and made sure the person I knew was upset and this, uh, that knew that I was upset with them and disappointed with their work but she chose a more excellent way. She chose the way of love. 
she chose the way of Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind. The next part is what love is not. Now, there's about eight definitions of what love is not here. This is specifically speaking to our selfish desires. Now, Paul, the writer of this text, is what he's probably doing is that he's speaking specifically to the problem he's hearing about the church in Corinth. Now, the church in Corinth were receiving spiritual gifts, but there was an argument about how certain spiritual gifts were more superior than the other. People would start exercising this gift of the Spirit without any order, and some were using it to lord over others. One scholar wrote that the Corinth church was socially stratified, individualistic, and divisive. And there was so much selfishness in their behavior. So into this, Paul is reproving them and saying, choose the way of love. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Negative comparison often leads to these traits. Moments when I begin comparing myself with others, I feel a little insecure or superior to others. And out of that, I begin being envious, begin being boastful about myself, being a little prideful, trying to discredit or dishonor others. And the antidote of this is receiving love from God and choosing to love others. When I fix my eyes on Jesus and see that I am so loved, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the child of the living God and receive His love for me. It heals my insecurities. And from that place of overflowing love, instead of being envious, I choose to celebrate them instead. Instead of being boastful about myself, I choose to boast about others. I choose to boast about Jesus. Instead of dishonoring others, I choose to honor them. Instead of being self-seeking, I choose to seek the best in others. I choose to add value to them. Instead of being easily angered, keeping records of people's wrong and delighting in the things that's not of God, I choose to be patient. I choose to see the best in others. I choose to delight in the truth of who God says they are. Choose the way of love. Choose the way of Jesus. The final part of this is what love always do. It says it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. First one, love always protects. When I think of this, I think of the story where a woman was caught in the act of adultery. She was brought to Jesus and they were hoping that she will be stoned to death according to the law. But Jesus responded, If you have no sin, cast the first stone on her. And everyone began to walk away. Jesus said to the woman, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus protected her in love. Scripture says, Love covers a multitude of sin. And I just want to say that you guys model this so well. I've met people in our congregation who found home here in HDBB and in connect groups because they don't feel judged or condemned by you. They feel loved instead. They feel accepted, safe to belong, and safe to disclose their shortcomings and bold enough to ask for help. You guys have chosen 
the way of love. He has chosen the way of Jesus. Well done. Next part, love always trust. The Greek word trust here is pistio, which means a verb, and it means to believe or place faith in. It's not saying that love is naive, undiscerning, or being gullible. To trust someone means that you are ever ready to believe the best of him or her. The person may have had a horrible past, but love sees the best in them, that God is at work in them, and I will choose to love them and believe that the best is yet to come. I lose things easily. When I was a child, I was never able to keep a watch on my wrist for longer than a year. You know, with me losing stuff, I really hit the peak in 2014 where I lost my iPad, my laptop, and my phone twice in that year. But despite in these many losses that I've made, my parents never stopped trusting me. When I often lose my watch, they'll often have a conversation with me and buy me a new one and choose to trust me with a new watch. And when I lost it again, they never gave up. They would again have a conversation with me about being responsible and then buy a watch again. That happened a few times. They choose to trust. They chose the way of love. They chose the way of Jesus. In a way, when you begin trusting, choosing to trust in love, they, they chose to hope and persevere as well. Hope that one day I'll grow to be responsible. And in the process of now, till then, they persevered and never gave up on me. The definition ends here with love never fails. This can be hard because we can fail. The definition of love always and it never fails, suggests that the giving of love have to be consistent. Consistently trust, consistently protect, consistently hope. Now, if I'm being honest, the only thing that is consistent about me is that I'm consistent in being inconsistent. There are days where I fail to love in the way that is described here. So how can we love consistently? Here, are some practical steps. Number one, know who love is. Love has a name and his name is Jesus. One way to learn about Jesus is to replace the word love in 1 Corinthians 13 with the name Jesus. I'm just going to read that out loud again. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. He does not envy, does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrong. He does not delight. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Jesus never fails. Now, to under uh, to further understand who Jesus is. I want to encourage you to jump on a Bible reading habit. You don't need to be a Christian to read the Bible. You can just download the Bible in one year. It's an app and slowly read and begin learning more about who Jesus is. Know who love is. The next one is make time for Jesus. 
Set a time daily to read His Word, speak with Him in prayer, and worship Him. I've often experienced God's love for me in moments of worship. When you come into the presence of God, you will encounter love. Making time for Jesus doesn't necessarily mean setting just a specific time in a day to be with Him, but it's being aware of Him throughout the day. And which at any point of the day, you can always say a simple prayer, Come Holy Spirit. And God feels His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And in moments where you're finding that you're short in love, you're short in patience, you're short in kindness, just say, Come Holy Spirit. Just breathe and respond. When we spend time more with Him, we are transformed to be more like Him, to be more loving like Jesus. As we are transformed to be more like Jesus, and when we begin to rely on God for love, for, uh, on Jesus Himself, and begin loving others from that place, then I think we can look a little bit more consistent in the way that we love people. I just want to end with this story. There was a disciple of Jesus by the name of Peter. He was quite a character. He would often speak too quickly, make promises he can't deliver. And there was a time Jesus was so distressed and he asked Peter to stay awake and pray with him, but Peter would continually fall asleep. One time when someone came to capture Jesus, Peter took out his sword and cut that man's ear. And Jesus was like, why did you do that? If I was Jesus, I'll probably be like, hey, Peter, we can't be best buddies anymore. You're out. But all throughout the time, Jesus loved Peter. He was patient with him, never abandoned him. Peter made a promise to Jesus, said that I will never deny you, Jesus, even if it cost me my life. But sadly, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times on the day Jesus was captured. Peter was ready to abandon his walk, his promises to Jesus and go back to fishing, which was his previous job. Then something happened and Peter was completely transformed. He was the only disciple who stood up and preached about the kingdom of heaven on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people came to faith on that day. He then went on to plant new Christian communities and he was a key encourager to Christians in the New Testament. So what happened that led to Peter's transformation? Jesus met with Peter and instead of condemning, Jesus reinstated Peter. Jesus did not keep records of the wrong that Peter did. He didn't give up on Peter. He chose to love Peter and trust him to do the works of the kingdom. That decision to love Peter catapulted him towards his pursuit of God and the works that God has called him to. Imagine if every follower of Jesus filled with God's love, choose the way of love even to the people who don't deserve it. How would it transform society? How would it transform our friends, our colleagues, our family members? And as we choose to love, we see them being healed, restored, and catapulted to their God-given calling. And the beginning of that is because we choose the way of love and we choose the way of Jesus. We are able to show love to others because Jesus first showed His love to us by dying on the cross for our sins.
He chose to prefer us by laying down His life for us so that we are free to have a loving relationship with God. If you're here today and you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, but would like to receive forgiveness from God and be filled with His love and follow Him, you can repeat this prayer after me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry for all the wrongs that I have done. Please, would you come into my heart and be God over my life. In Jesus' name. If you say that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you to click in the request prayer button and to get someone to be praying for you and to share that you have made that decision. And for the rest of us, why don't we just take a moment to just say, come Holy Spirit and be filled with God's love again. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Would you fill our hearts with your love again? I just had this picture of an empty dark box and slowly a sort of a, a love pouring in this beautiful color of red, just filling those boxes, filling those dark spaces. And I really feel for some of us who maybe people have labeled you as someone who is unloving, unkind, as someone who is harsh. I just feel that God really wants to pour His love into your heart and He has not given up on you. You can be a loving person with Jesus. And I just had a sense for another person, maybe um, you've felt that you have hurt somebody and I just felt that God just wants to fill your heart with love. And also as you pray for the person that you have hurt, that God wants to fill their heart with love as well. And so if you're any of that person, why don't you request prayer right now and get someone to be praying for you. And for the rest, uh, feel free to also hit request prayer button if you want for any prayer request at all. As we do that, let's look to Jesus in worship.